0: Hey, it's Michael from Dear multi hyphen I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode with Cynthia Henderson. She is one of the best people I know. She is an actor, she's a writer, producer, director, she focuses in theater for social change, and she's a Fulbright Scholar. Not to mention, she was my professor at Ithaca College, and she taught me how to be a human being. She's the reason why I asked the question, what's the why of it all? So I'm calling this episode The Why of It All, or A Masterclass in Acting, because that's what she is. She is a true masterclass. I'm really excited to announce some guests coming up in some future episodes. So if you love listening to Dear multi you're going to love my upcoming guests like Alette Taylor, Alexandra Silber, Anthony Norman, John McGinty, John Schwab, Mary-Kate Adams, Matthew Karazine. Ned Donovan, Rebecca Kuznick, Remy Germanario, and Tanya Pinkins. In no particular order, they're just all recorded and waiting for you to hear them, but that's beside the point. Anyway, get into this episode. Follow me on social media at the Michael Kushner, at the dressing room project, or at Dear And I am excited to tell you that I have a new show out with the Broadway Podcast Network called My Broadway Memory. Basically, every week live. This past Thursday, we had Tony-winning photographer Joan Marcus and Brittany Johnson from Wicked. So we'll see you this coming Thursday, 7 p.m., and we go live with Barrett Wilbert-Weed and Rachel Scher as our amazing guests. We'll see you at bpn.fm forward slash My Broadway Memory. Enjoy this episode with Cynthia Henderson. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dear multi it. I'm Michael Kushner, and I didn't get that much sleep last night, so I have a little raspiness in my throat, and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have Cynthia Henderson with me. Hi. Cynthia is one of my biggest inspirations in the world um, because you are one of the OG examples of that you can do it all. Oh, my God. You're going to make me cry. And do it well. Because, well, so I was, <laughs> there she goes. Well, there's a quote, there's a quote that you would share with us in class. And it was, if you can't explain it simply, you don't know it well enough. Mm-hmm. And that, I was just telling Brett before. Hi, Brett. Um, I was just telling hey, Brett before that that quote effed me the hell up. Just like, I went, oh my God, everything I have to do from now on, I have to do being able to explain in a second.
1: And explain it as if the person you're talking to has no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) That quote, I want to, you know, shout out to the OG of that quote, Albert Einstein. Yes. He's the one that said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. So I've never been one of those people who were all about, oh, let's use jargon. You right. should be able to explain what you do, why you do it, how you do it, the why of it all,
0: without a lot of jargon. And we focused on the why in class mm-hmm. so much. Why Why is this character saying these things? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Why yeah. are you here? Why do we do what we
1: do? Acting is an exploration of the human condition. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. It's, it's it's not about being someone you're not. It's actually delving deeply into the essence of who you are as a human being and, and expanding on that as if you're in this particular situation, but you also have to take into account everything that the author has given you. You have to be a detective, find out why this person does what they do, and explore their humanity. Does yep. that make sense?
0: Oh, Yeah. Well, a hundred percent. Yay! A hundred percent. Questions, comments, concerns.
1: Yes. Yes. Questions, thoughts. Cons- oh wait, wait. questions, it's- thoughts, epiphanies.
0: Oh, I think that's new. Is that new? No,
1: that's what I. What's it's it? still on my board outside my office. Ooh.
0: Michael Kushner, you're getting a test. After yeah, this I know. Interview. I was like, I thought I graduated. I do have. I don't want to say that they're nightmares, but I do have dreams, scary dreams mm-hmm. where. I get emails or letters saying, hey, actually, you didn't graduate. <laughs> you have to come back if you want your diploma.
1: Oh, my God, that's so awesome. And I'm
0: like, I don't know if I could do that, boo.
1: <laughs> Eddie Cooper actually told me a while ago. And Eddie is in rehearsals for a new Assassins. show. Assassins. Yes. Yeah, a classic Eddie stage. Cooper told me a while ago. He was one of my first students. Yeah. I came He's to fabulous. Ithaca College in 2000. He was my. He was in my freshman scene That's study amazing. class, and Eddie Cooper said that every now and again he starts to get a little lazy on his research and uh-huh. the why of it all, uh-huh. and then he remembers a time when I very jokingly, and he knew it was a joke, but I said to him, Eddie, if you don't stop being lazy, I swear to God, I'm gonna take off my flip flop and I'm gonna chase you down the hallway. <laughs> and he was like, I really don't want you to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so he said, and then he. Dives right back into the exploration of the why of it all. Yes. And that is a new phrase I've been using with students is the why of it all.
0: Well, so when coming up with this, so Cynthia, you said something to me. Freshman year, that has always stuck with me. It scared me in the moment, Mm -hmm. but it is now the basis of everything I do. Mm -hmm. You said to me in class that what I was doing was self-focused. Yeah. And I freaked the hell out because I was like, I don't, I don't want it to be all about me. I don't, I want it to be about the other person. I don't want to <laughs> be self-focused. I don't want to, you know, I didn't want it to be. about. So even when doing things mm-hmm. like uh, vessels, like this podcast, like Dear mm-hmm. multi um, I wanted to come up with a definition as to what it is. That we're doing that's about the other and not about me. So it's an a multi hyphenate is an mm-hmm. artist who has multiple proficiencies across Pollinate mm-hmm. to help flourish professional capabilities.
1: Okay. <laughs> now here's the question yes. that goes after that. Yeah. What do you want the audience to do after they finish listening to this podcast?
0: I want everyone to understand that no is not an option.
1: Okay. Now I would tell you
0: we're back in acting class. I love it. No, I love it. I'm 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 And then
1: I would say to it? you, "Okay, get more specific about mm-hmm. it. What is it that you literally want them to do?" You know, it's 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 it has to be for the actor, it has to be more than I need them to understand or I need them to listen. That's like going over to your neighbor and saying, "May I borrow a cup of sugar?" Mm-hmm. That's an errand. Mhm. That's not an actionable objective. Right. What is it that you need them to do? Every time you step out onto the stage, every time you open your mouth to speak, remember I used to ask you, yep. and it scared you all. And I never quite understood why it scared you <laughs> when I would say, why are you opening your mouth to speak? And I don't mean it as a challenge. I mean it as every time we walk into a room. if I greet When I came through your door for your podcast into your studio and I greeted you, I actually wanted to know how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I want you to tell me how you're doing.
0: It's not just small talk.
1: It's not just small talk. And um, and that's one of the things I'm doing with my acting training right now because I also do the Theater for Social Change, and that's Performing what? Arts for Social Change. One of
0: the main reasons why I wanted you here is to talk Yay. about that. So anyway, because
1: I'm folding that work. Uh, the trainings that Augusta Boal and Paolo Freire um, did with uh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed and Theater of the Oppressed, I've been folding it into... Um, uh, as a as a colleague at another university called it, that I'm taking aspects of social justice and folding it into uh, solid actor training, to take it beyond entertainment, beyond mm-hmm. simply exploring human condition and going into why do we do what we do as a part of how do we elevate not just the art, but our society. And I used to say to you all, uh, and I guess it started years ago, because one of the things when I step into a studio with my actors, I don't want to just make you the best artists you can be. I want you to also somehow, as a a lovely byproduct, discover the best person you can possibly Mm -hmm. be and that's how we elevate society as well as elevating the art
0: one of your one of the biggest lessons that i had and that i learned from you in class was the uh, was the lesson of impulses following mm-hmm. impulses yeah. that made me a better person a better artist because i just was able to tap in to an impulse and mm-hmm. i would follow it and yeah. even if it ended up being an outcome that I didn't necessarily expect. Mm -hmm. I learned from it.
1: Exactly. And everything is a learning experience.
0: Especially with you, baby. Oh. I have a... You're making
1: me all blushy. No. (laughs) No,
0: but it's true. It's, you know, when... I think going back to what you were saying about, you know, you didn't understand... Or you didn't say you didn't understand. It was more the first you would. there say, are things i don't understand
1: <laughs> and i'm good with that because yeah. that's part
0: of being a human being you, you know, <laughs> well i think you were confused as to why we couldn't answer why we were opening up our mouths to yeah. speak and i think it's because you were the first person to bring that to our attention yeah that it wasn't just our parents going you're so good at this i can't wait to see you be a star yeah you were the first person to mm-hmm. be like Okay, you're all talented, mm-hmm. but why are you doing this?
1: Yeah, what what is the point when the when the when you walk into the space? I I think I use as an example often um, when we're talking about exploring actionable objectives or super objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talk about well, why did you decide you wanted to become an actor? Mm-hmm. Why did you choose Ithaca College? why did you choose to walk into the studio today when you walked into the this the studio what are your expectations what do you want to have happen by the time our, our 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 session is over what is it that you want to have literally happen not Again, taking it away from, I want them to understand. I want them to hear me. I want them to think I'm a good person. Well, how do you know they think you're a good person? What do they do right. that lets you know they think you're a good person? What do they do to let you know that they understand? Again, get away from the non-specifics and flow into specificity. We exist. As creatures of specificity, we get up in the morning and we have specific things we want to do. One is breathe. Uh, Two is I got to use the bathroom. Why do I have to use the bathroom? Always got to pee. Yeah, so I don't have to. So I don't (laughs) pee on myself. You know, before I get my cup, my cup of coffee. Why do I choose coffee over tea? We make specific choices every single day. But for some reason, (laughs) the minute you get a script. Life becomes non-specific and therefore not engaging.
0: I also experience that as a photographer. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients. You are so
1: talented. Oh. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> Thank you. Michael Kushner Photography. <laughs>
0: Go to the website. Thank you, love you. Book an appointment. You're the best. Thank you. Um, but I get that with with actors that come into the space. And one word that I literally like it makes me twitch <laughs> is the word quirky. When an actor (laughs) describes themselves as quirky. Mm -hmm. And I go, what makes you quirky? Get specific. Get specific to me. I'm asking you all these questions about whose careers do you want to steal? What stories do you want to tell? What is being produced right now that you see yourself going into? I want all these specific stories because then I'm going to get your headshots to match that. Yeah. Because that's what a headshot is. 99.9% of the time, your headshot's not going to get you the job. No. But it gets you in the room.
1: Because it is the first thing
0: they see. Yes. It's the first experience to you. That's yeah. why I always say, err on the side of positivity. Yeah. Because you don't want your their, the casting director's first experience mm-hmm. with you to be a photo of you being all negative.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and let's talk about negative, uh, negative choices in acting. Tell me. Because again, you make a negative choice, but why are you like, uh, I, 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 I would tell people your super objective doesn't have to be um, rational. You could want the earth to open up and swallow that person whole, but why? there's a proactive, there's a positive behind that because you don't want them to hurt someone else like they've hurt you. Right. Because you want them to uh, be a better version of themselves because you want them to face what they have done. So behind that negative... There must always be a positive, proactive intent. I just saw Jagged Little Pill last night. And I was screaming, A, because it's my my first, well, Deanne Stewart. (laughs) But also, before I even knew Deanne was in it, we'll talk about Deanne Stewart because she's glorious and we love love her. But before I even knew Deanne was in the show, I knew I wanted to see it because, A, it's my favorite breakup album we love, <laughs> love. Yes, I love that album yes. so much. Yes. Every breakup I've had in my life, <laughs> I have put that CD on and I'm driving down oh, yeah. the road crying. Oh, yeah. and But uh, the character Joe mm-hmm. sings... Um, you Ought to Know. Yep, You Ought to Know. And the audience is screaming by the end because that actor has made a very specific proactive choice. Yes, eat crap and die because (laughs) you broke my heart. Right. But I need you to know what you did. Yeah. Because underneath it all, as angry as I am, I still love you. Because we can't hate someone that we don't love. The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Yes. And Joe is anything but indifferent in that moment. Yes. Joe still
0: loves her yes. partner. that actor, or her ex-partner. That actor is Lauren Patton, and she literally uh, is... She killed it. Killed it, right? She killed it. Killed it. I mean, but then it's electric.
1: you take a featured ensemble role like Deanne has. Oh, baby. Girl. <laughs> Every moment she came out, there was life in her eyes because she knew why she was there. She knew what needed to happen. She knew what she was why she stepped into the door. She knew why she opened her mouth to speak. She knew why she opened her mouth to sing. And I'm just gonna roll with the fact that the first face I see in that show is our Deanne. And it is purposeful and filled and specific. And I'm like, yes, girl, you took the lessons and you're still living it.
0: Yes, it's true. She, um, the the first time she stepped on that stage Mm -hmm. is when she covered Frankie. Mm -hmm. And... We all were there. It was it was Becca. It was oh gosh, Ryan yeah. McConnell. Yeah. It was it was all of it was all of us. And it was she was not nervous. But when she I tell wasn't. you when I tell you the three the the, the her family that was there, yeah. we were all schvitzing uncontrollably of because course. of how nervous. Like we were just like. And then she did that track. Yes, where she's flipping on the on the monkey bars mm-hmm. and then the spit. And then belting to high heavens. Of course she is. But because she's Deanne. Because she's Deanne. And honestly, like, it was, that was such a miraculous night. But I will tell you what was so brilliant about her performance was she always erred on the side of positivity. Exactly.
1: Everything had a positive. And as angry as Frankie is,
0: yeah. every
1: choice had as its background, as its foundation, a positive need. Yes. For a positive outcome. Yeah. Every complaint, every angsty moment, there was a need for a positive outcome. And, you know, uh, I I would say that about a number of shows I've seen this week. Inheritance. Yeah. You know, parts one and two. Yes, I sat through all seven hours. And guess what? Flew by like nothing. Because it's so good. It's so good. And it's it's wonderful. I had a teacher, gosh, a billion years ago. (laughs) who said to us, you will know when you are in the presence of the real thing and that's what you want to be. And as an actor, that's what I aspire to be. Every time I step onto the stage or in front of a screen or even in front of a mic to do voiceover work, it's about being the real thing. It's about training people to understand what it means to be the real thing. And when they step on that stage... They are going, whether they realize it or not, you never know who you're going to impact.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When they walk into the movie theater, when they turn on the television set, when they come into the, uh, the theater, you don't know who you're going to impact. Right. So every moment you have to live it as part of the beautiful exploration of what it means to be human and why we do what we do. And that's, that's where that, 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 that fusion of social change, social justice, theater of the oppressed, performing arts for social change, melds into solid actor training, not kind of, sort of actor right. training, but solid actor training. Because mm-hmm. when I walk into a studio and I face my students – Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
0: details. Can you tell me some um, success stories that you have of theater of the oppressed and uh, and theater for social change? Like um, some of your favorite experiences?
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, a, a pseudo recent one was in Joe Pessoa in Brazil. Um, it was... Uh, noted at the time as being one of the fourth fourth most violent cities in the world when I went there to do work. And their two primary gangs were, you're going to love this, (laughs) Al-Qaeda and the U.S.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That was the name of the two primary gangs in town. And I actually remember the neighborhood I was in was controlled by the U.S., And then one night, um, I heard, I thought a car was backfiring or something. And, uh, I went to the window and most of the houses, all the, almost all the houses have walls around them. And I went to the window just to like hear what was going on. And the woman who was my host came in and said, no, 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 get, get away from the window. And the next morning when we went out to go, uh, to the studio at the uh, community center we were working at the graffiti that was us graffiti us uh, gang graffiti had been crossed out and the neighborhood was now controlled by al-qaeda the al-qaeda gang oh my so God. it was a I, I was awakened not by a car backfiring but by gangs fighting wow uh, And shooting at each other and um Part of the stories that we were gathering um, to create this play were, we talked to some kids, and there were some kids who had been injured or some kids had died being caught in crossfire from some of the gangs, gang fights. And we interviewed some of the gang members, police, uh, merchants, neighborhood people. We get stories from everyone to kind of craft this play. And again, always actionable objective. What do we want the, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the audience to do after they finish? That's how I direct as well. Um, uh, when I direct uh, regular plays, not right. social justice um, created uh, devised pieces. So we did this play, and one of the outcomes of it, and it may not sound like a big deal, but for this city it was a big deal. The two gangs came together with one of the governors of the town and cordoned off a two-block radius where they, they made a pact not to fight so at least kids could play there.
0: That's huge.
1: You know? And sometimes when I tell that story, people kind of go, okay, so just a two-block radius? And I'm like, you don't understand. Fourth most violent city not in the country. In the world wow and so that was one um, another one was um, some work I did in Cameroon um, I went back on a third Fulbright there and um, I went to do work the first Fulbright I did out there was about um, AIDS education mm-hmm uh through theater mm-hmm. this 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 third one um my second fulbright was the one i did in joe Pessoa. Mm-hmm. um the third fulbright i did was um i went back to cameroon and i did work um in the northwest of fumbond because the state department wouldn't let me go uh the northwest of cameroon because state department wouldn't let me go all the way up to the north because that's where they were um, having a war with the, um, um, uh, Boko Haram. And so the piece I did oh my God. was based on um, how this war with the Boko Haram was impacting the people of Cameroon. And um, I got stories from personal impact all the way through, all the way to economic impact on the country. And um, that was pretty powerful. And there was a point where I did, uh, I was a little concerned for my life, not like in uh, Joe Pessoa, because I was safely in a house behind a, a concrete wall. But on our way, um, there was a, a sniper thing that, a sniper fight, I guess. I don't really know military terms. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> but um, our, the bus I was traveling on, we were pulled off the bus and um bodily basically thrown into ditches because of uh, the army had to engage uh because un- unbeknownst to the state department uh the Boko Haram were making their way into the area that I was going to um but we we we, we lived yeah. up of course I'm here <laughs> um and but when I came out you could see there were some injured people in the street um and um they got us back on the bus and there was military presence all the way to Fumban it was pretty intense but um I worked with um performers uh local performers and uh graduate students at the University of Chang in Fumban and um yeah that there was a, a, a short documentary created from that which was aired nationally in Cameroon and uh, screened at the Finger Lakes Environmental Film Festival oh, wow. in Ithaca uh, for, for, um, for that film festival. So that was that was pretty incredible. Uh, in terms of impact, those those were some pretty impactful projects that I've done. But I've also locally, without a lot of fanfare, I'm working with middle schoolers right now. Oh, great. I'm helping them create a piece about trying to navigate this particular preteen time in their life it's probably one of the worst times you could possibly imagine yep plus middle school Been there. and <laughs> some of the students are bringing forward stories about being over medicated they're bringing story uh, forward stories about being uh put on these programs because they're hyperactive and the teacher's treating them like they're not smart and embarrassing them by saying, oh, Jimmy has to go. And, you know, like maybe they don't think they're embarrassing that student, but they're getting ready to give a test. And the student is humiliated because the teacher makes this big deal about they have to go to a quiet place to take the, these stories are coming out. And I'm just like, holy moly. And then even within the groups, um, there were, you know, the bullying and, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. I thought it was going to be kind of a lighthearted romp. They're preteens. No. no. It's horrifying. And bullying
0: never ends.
1: Bullying never ends. And uh, one student was talking about their parent who is yeah. over-medicating themselves.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And how scared they are for their parent. The things that these kids are noticing, and I don't think the adults around them realize how much they see and we're crafting a play. That's right now. amazing. And they're gonna do it in May.
0: Kids are not stupid. No, they're not. Kids so are not stupid. I
1: go from working with adults about, you know, war with the Boko Haram to kids who are talking about you're over medicating me, you're humiliating me, mom, dad, you're over medicating yourself. I'm scared for you.
0: hmm and it's it's interesting because that's like Jack a little pill, right? Mm-hmm. There is a drug abuse. Yes, there is in, in up like an upper middle class white quote unquote family. Yeah,
1: and that these kids that I'm working with, I thought I'd have more of a, a diverse group, but they're all upper
0: middle class mm-hmm. white kids. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know there are, there are wars everywhere, mm-hmm. and they just are. They just look differently.
1: And that's the human condition. (laughs) We're constantly at war within ourselves, with each other, with society, because we're trying to find a better way of living. So in the midst of all that suffering, there are moments of joy. Yeah. Where are those moments of joy? Right. Always find them. I was talking to a student who is um, doing, who just did her showcase. Uh, here in New York City. And one of the things I talked to her about, because I'm also now teaching a class called Introduction to Musical Theater Performance for Acting Majors. It's amazing. Yeah. And one of the things I talked to her about, I was like, okay, I get the angst and everything, but proactive, positive. What are you striving for? What do you want us to know about you? Mm -hmm. You know, what is that positive thing we need to know about you?
0: Right. Yep.
1: And that's where the audience starts to care, when they see you working for something bigger than you are.
0: Yes. I, I also say, you know, there there are spaces like 54 Below and Greener mm-hmm. and 42 here yeah. in the, here in the oh, my God, I had a great experience. I, I don't think she'll mind say, me saying this, but Vianne Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've worked with her a few times, and she is one of the most loveliest people mm-hmm. in the world. And talented we for those of you that are listening you might know her as um, a stepsister in Brandy's Cinderella (laughs) but she has done I mean a million other a million pieces she was the 95 Tony nominee for um, for uh, was it Amy? yeah Amy and company in the 95 revival and um, she was in the show I just produced and directed and was in at 54 below and uh she came in and was was not feeling very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was an hour, it was during Soundcheck, and it was an hour before the show. And <clears throat> she sang a little bit and mm-hmm. stopped and said, Michael, I think you might need to find someone else to do this song. Oh, no! And I said, let's chat about this. Let's talk. Let's do it. And I was like, "How? what's going on? What are you scared of? How are you feeling? And she was like, I... I just don't know if I can even phonate. I can't even hear the note. I'm just like congested. And I was like, look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna cut the band out in the beginning. What measure can we come and bend the music director was like mm. measure 22, we can come back in. I was like, good. And you're gonna sit right by the piano. Remember, people are here to see you. Exactly. They don't wanna see you be perfect. They wanna see you be you. We're not perfect. Right, exactly. And the number, was a showstopper because of we fixed it. We yeah. made it work well where she can be the best V.N. Cox possible. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's something you're talking about showcase. Yeah. That's what showcases the best to be.
1: possible. That's what life is. Yes. Presenting the world the best possible you. Yes. That you can be in this moment. Right. Because the best possible you right now is not going to be the best possible you in an hour.
0: Right. Definitely not in a week. Uh, Right.
1: Who is the best possible you right now? Right. I'm I'm dealing with the death of my parents right now. Both my parents died within a five month period of each other. But, as I go through the morning process, I also have to put on my game face yeah. and present the world with the best possible me because there are things I still have to accomplish. Yes. You know, who is the best possible you in the moment? A question
0: I like to ask fellow multi hyphenates is how you handle stress? How do you handle stress? What are some of your tools? Besides Xanax? <laughs> Um, I would say <laughs> <So funny>. that <laughs>
1: the best the, – the, the, I handle stress by often looking out the window and appreciating – I just appreciate the earth and everything she does to keep us safe no matter what we do to her. And I put things in perspective. If the earth can still be radiant and beautiful and amazing and powerful – I can get through this day,
0: and I'm gonna get through this day because we had this conversation, Cynthia Henderson. You're the best. I love you, Michael. Where can we find you? Can we get in contact with you? Can we? Yeah,
1: um, uh, Ithaca College. You can look up my name in the faculty directory if you want to email me. C Henderson at ithaca.edu, or you can go to my website, Performing Arts for Social Change, P A the number four, S C dot com.
0: Great. Yeah, And we can get involved that way yeah? Yes please, Perfect. please do You're the absolute best, I love you so much I
1: love you too, thank you You're the best Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> This podcast is produced by the Broadway Podcast Network Make sure to find me online via Instagram At TheMichaelKushner Or at TheDressingRoomProject Or on Twitter at MKushnerPhoto And visit me online via BPN.FM forward slash it.